The Bible tells us what? That if we will obey the prophets, we will receive the prophets' reward. So the whole way that things come through in the Bible is through his word, right? Through faith in his word, through faith in God, but faith in his prophecies. And I've had many wonderful prophecies over my life, and I, I try to document as many as I can and pray over them and keep in front of me. And I know many of you have. We have over this church and our ministries. How many of you have had uh, prophetic words spoken in your life that really touched you or moved you? Just, just wave at me. Look at, all of, look at all of us. Now, put your hand down. How many of you have actually seen that word come to pass? Yeah, about half or a little less than half. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible says when, when you have faith in the prophetic word, what you've got to realize, the Bible says is you have to fight for your prophecies. You fight the good fight of faith. Just because the word was spoken, it doesn't just happen. Okay, just because Jesus came, and he's not the great prophet, but the son of God, right? He's the son of God. And he spoke of the kingdom of God, and all we had to do is believe in our heart, confess for our mouth, we shall be saved. We shall have that kingdom until you do something with it. Look at your neighbor and say, take action. Until you take an action on that prophetic word that Jesus gave us, that Paul gave us in Romans 10, right? Until you take action on that, you're not going to get a manifestation of it. So, so what I want you to understand is those prophetic words and prophecies that I can't wait. David, uh, David back here, man, uh, Dr. Hager, I gave him a word, I guess, I don't know, a year ago or so about writing and some things that he was going to do that was going to bring great effect on our country and great effect in his life. And he was writing a book. He's already written books before, and he thought that was it. But it was something totally different that really will save millions of lives, I believe, in our nation and uh, we've already captured the video, but I'm waiting for the right time in my spirit to show it to you. And, uh, and, but you'll see how powerful those prophetic words are. Sometimes it's just you getting faith to discern what they are and how to operate in them. So coming into this year, as I do each year and pray, that 2019 is a year of what? Supernatural advancement in every area of our lives. What am I saying? In other words... God said, it's an open slate for you. Say me. It's an open slate for you to do what? To put your faith in God and in his word toward the prophetic word that come up in your spirit concerning that. So when I said that, some of you might have thought your health. When I said that, some of you might have thought your family, your relationships. When I said that, some of you might have thought your career, your business, your ministry, your finances. I don't know. Or it was multiple things. But how many of you felt like through that first quarter of this year when I was preaching on clarity, God spoke some things to you in your spirit that you know that he would love to happen in your life? If you believe that, just wave at me, right? So I took the first part of the year, probably four months almost, and taught you on getting clarity. So we said what? This would be a year of supernatural growth in every of your life through what? Clarity growth and vitality. And then we just had our growth event. We had a clarity event back in the beginning of the summer. Then we just had our growth event and we still have vitality. Now let's look, if you would put that target up there for me, guys, I want to show you guys and just kind of how I see this happening. So the first thing I gave you was clarity. And we look at this like a target that we're going for. And if you and I want to do anything in God and have, take action and do, we got to know what the outcome is. We, you know, you can, you can spend your whole life 
putting a ladder on a wall of a building and paint the building, but it'd be sad if your ladder was on the wrong building. You could spend your whole life building a life, but maybe you built the life that was not the best life that God had for you. You see what I'm saying? So clarity, getting vision, getting clear. The second thing is growth, and we've been really focusing on that the last few months, and talking about how you can grow, how you can unleash the anointing of God and the Holy Spirit within you, how you can unleash and have faith in the Word of God and release and speak the Word of God over your life, and to have faith in God that can transform you, that can mature you, that can multiply you. Now, I had a word about businesses starting. How many of you prayed over you last week? How many, wave at me if you start a new business this year. Wave at me. Look, look around all the people that started just here today. Some have started too. I think we're right at 30 new businesses. That's people that took the word, the prophetic word, because it doesn't have to be a prophet that gives you a, a prophetic word. That comes from spirit-filled believers. Let, let me help you with this. There's four realms you can live in. Four realms you can live in. The first realm is the physical realm, right? We live in our physical realm and our emotional, mental realm. So we live in the physical, and then we live in the mental realm. Well, actually, we live in the physical and mental realm. The second realm you live in is when First John happens, 5 says, Paul said, I pray for your whole W-H-O-L-E, Spirit, soul, and body be found blameless in that day. Talking about the day of judgment. In other words, he's saying that you, when you were born again, what got born again? Your spirit. It was abiding in the state of death. Your flesh and blood, your mind, your soul, all that's alive, but your spirit is dead. That's the first realm. When you are born again, John 3 says, you not only can enter the kingdom, you can begin to see the kingdom, right? It's what Jesus told Nicodemus. So now when I'm born again, look what happened. I went into the second realm. So the first realm is your mind, your, 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 your body and all that. And then, I, I messed it up, I'm sorry. First realm is your body. Second realm is your soul, your mind. Third realm is your spirit, right? When you're born again. But here's the fourth realm you have. The fourth realm is when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's another level from salvation. He says he will endue you with power from on high. Man, endue you with power. Power to see, power to speak, power to do, power to stand, power to activate. So when you, when I remember I was saved as a Nazarene, what was when I got saved, I was saved in the Nazarene, wonderful church. I went away and studied in their seminary to preach, be a Nazarene preacher. But I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I didn't feel right being Pentecostal, going to that. I didn't want to do that because that wasn't their doctrine. Beautiful people, beautiful church. So I had to go a different route. But I remember I just never dreamed how much there was to preach once I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Man, I began to get revelation and see and know things that I would have never seen or known on my own. It's wild. My brother was a Nazarene pastor. Uh, I led him to the Lord, and he became a Nazarene pastor. But it took him a long time, years, to receive the baptism, Miss Gwen, because, you know, the doctrine, you just don't know. And finally, he went through a tragedy in his life and really backslid. And then he came back to God. And, but when he came back to God, he was open, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He became a preacher. He's a pastor now. 
And this was many years ago, over 20-some years ago. And he said, wow, brother. He said, I never knew there were so many things to preach in the Bible. I preached for years and didn't know all this was what? The fourth realm. Man, I just get chills talking about that. So, so, so what we're doing here at Bethel is empowering you with the word, giving you revelation, getting an anointing on your life so you can step out, so you can move in to access the things that God has for you. So, so let's put that back up, you don't mind. So we have, growth, we have clarity, growth. Now look at the third one, vitality. You can put that in there, vitality. Vitality in your living, vitality in your life. Vitality in your relationships, vitality in your health, vitality in your emotional and physical energy, vitality in your careers, vitality in your ministry, your business, whatever it is, that's hitting the target. Man, when you start living a life of vitality, man, it's not just existing any longer. And that's what Pastor Mark, Pastor Steph, and myself and other leaders in the church that's why we do those calls once a week for an hour with over 100 people because we want to pour into you. We, it's free. We sow it into you. What? Because we want you to hit the mark. Everybody say hit the mark. So I want to talk to you. How much time do I have? Because I've been kind of going. So here's what I want to do. So I talked to you just then off from my heart about three different levels or kinds of faith, right? Three faith realms, right? So faith in God's word, faith in God, What? and faith in the prophetic words spoken over your life. Then I talk to you about the four realms we live in, the body, the soul, right, and the mind, and then your spirit when you're born again, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit when you're filled with the Spirit, right? So now I talk to you about this because I want us to take the next three, we got three months left in this year. How many of you have set some goals, you've set some things, you've accomplished some things, but there's something or other things you know God said do, and you just, by the end of this year, you got a word or whatever it is you're believing, and you're just not quite there yet, but you want to be there by the end of December. How many? Okay. See, so here's what I want you to understand about, I don't know, maybe 40% of the church held your hand up, and some people don't like participating, that's okay. But that kind of shows you who's leaders, right? Because if I ask you a question and you're a leader, you'll respond, right? Because what? You're a leader. So how many of you got a word you know, and that's what you want to do? And that's fine. If it's 40%, that's cool with me. But you know there's still things that you desire that God said or you know need to be done and have been done. If that's you, raise your hand. Yes. Yeah, so that's about 65 70%. And I'm just saying, I'm just training you, right? I'm training you to reign, man. I want you to reign in this life. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why wait to heaven to get out of debt? Why wait to get to heaven to be healed? Why wait to heaven to be happy? Why wait to heaven to be free? Why wait to heaven to be anointed, man? He said, you can have it now. Say, I want it right now. Say, I want mine right now. Because when you get that, what it's, your testimony is greater. You, you bring more people to heaven with you, right? Oh, man, I got, I, I got to teach here pretty soon on heaven. Anyway, so everybody say this with me, get leverage. Get leverage. Come on, say get leverage. get leverage. So I want to take about 15 minutes or so, and I want to talk to you about how to get leverage in your life to do these things, to fulfill these things, whether it was a word you got, faith in the word that you read, you studied, or you heard preached, 
whether it was, it's just your growth, your maturity, your faith in God, or whether it's through a prophetic word that you received or a direction, right? And, and one of those three areas is the way it came to you. And what I want to do is help you today to get leverage. Everybody say, get leverage. Get leverage. To get leverage in your body, your soul, and your spirit to do the things that God spoke over your life. Is anybody ready? If you're ready for that, say yes, I'm ready for that. So the scripture makes it real clear in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I'll read verse 2. Now, I quoted a lot to you out of the King James or New King James. And uh, be you not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. To prove what is God's good, acceptable, and perfect will. Now, let's look at it from the NIV. And I think verse 2 is really amazing. It says, do not conform to what the pattern, everyone say pattern, pattern of this world, but be transformed. Say transformed. By the what? Renew. Does that, did it say reolding? Did it say redoing? It said re what? New. That means I'm taking something that's there and making it new again, right? Renewing what? Your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God is a good God, right? Jesus said he came to give life and give life more abundantly. God good, devil bad. But so many believers never learn how to leverage your identity. If, if I took this Bible, and Pastor Dick, I've heard this before, and he said it when we were at dinner that night, but you could take Genesis 1 and 2, which my Bible's frail. i got to watch it. it it's, it's, I, I would hold it real cool like that, but it's been read a little bit. and it, it, So I don't want to mess up my Bible for an illustration. But you take those first two chapters in Genesis 1 and 2, and you read them really good, and you will find out that the other thousand-plus pages in here are to get you back to chapters 1 and 2. That's, that's where God's trying to get us back to, people. He's trying to get you and I back to our original identity in Christ that he created us in his own image. We created them, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in our own likeness have we created them, both male and female, and we have put them in dominion, right, of the fish, the sea, the fowl, the air, and all the creepy things on the earth to go forth to subdue, to take over. So God has created you not to just to exist until you get to heaven, not to just to get by. God has created you to dominate. God has created you to reign. That's why he says in Revelation 1 that we are a kingdom of what? Kings and priests. A king is a king because they have a domain to dominate. I can't have a kingdom if I don't have a dome. I'm dominating. So he doesn't only want you to have the wisdom and the knowledge to run and to do great things for him, spiritual strength, but he wants you to be a priest as well. He wants you to reconnect people to God. He wants you to heal. He wants you to love. He wants you to restore all these things he wants you to do. So he wants you to be a king and a priest. That could be a queen and a priestess, whatever, but a king and a priest, right? That's what he wants you to be. So Paul gives us how to, how to cover this gap in here, and I'm going to give this to you real quick. I could go in great detail with you, but he wants you to, to move to another realm in your transformation or in your growth. He wants you to be transformed at an entirely new, different level, renewing your mind the way you see yourself, because listen, it's all about getting back to your identity as sons and daughters of God. 
You're no longer a servant. You're no longer a slave. You're not just a friend. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. And that's what he's trying to get you back to. Just get you back to sonship, to daughtership, to understand you are his children, you are his family, and to understand how he originally created us in Genesis 1. So God, I talked to you about how he created us for abundant life in John 10, 10. And it's our choice if we're going to conform or transform. Now, conforming in this world is easy. It's easy. There's patterns you got growing up in your house. There's patterns you got in school. There's patterns you got in people you hung out with in your life. Even in church, we got our patterns, don't we? If you want to get leverage and break loose to go to what's next for your life, whether it's spirit, soul, or body, whatever realm it's in, you got to break some patterns. The old word for insanity. What is it? On the count of three, everybody tell us what insanity is. One, two, three. Now, now, now tell me what Hebrews 1 is. See, we're a pretty good church. Not as many knew the saying, right? But we wonder why we don't get our breakthrough. We know an old dead saying that is true. You know why? Because you and I focus more, until we break this pattern, on what's missing or what's broken or what's wrong than we do on what's good. There's times I come into the sanctuary this morning. I'm like sitting there praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Not because I need to get fired up so I can clear my mind so I don't focus on this lights out. Ooh, there's a stain there. All that. All right? This person's here. That person's not. They should be here. They need this today. So I got to clear my mind and get into the fourth dimension so I can even preach the gospel. So there's things in your life that you need to break patterns. We got pattern in our health, the way we eat, the way we move or don't move, the lack thereof. We got patterns in the way we handle our finances, right? It's like if you say, if I just make some more, you make some more, you just get in more debt. You don't reduce debt. You know, there's patterns. Some people are great at reducing debt, but they can never break through the next level to make more, and they just stay in that same place. There's patterns in the way we handle finances. There's patterns in the way we think and approach people. There's patterns in the way we treat our loved ones. I've seen it over the years, counseling, ministering to people. People that's been married for years, and then something happens, and the wife or the husband says, I'm done, I'm finished, and say, well, have you cheated on me? No, I haven't cheated on you, but I'm done. I don't want to be with you. And they're like shocked. They're like, why? I mean, we've been the same for years. That's the issue. There's been no growth. Remember, if something's not growing, it's dying. And so I see marriages die. I see ministries die, I see careers die, I see uh, relationships with children die, I see relationships with friends and family die because it's the same old pattern. Did you know when you try to break a pattern in your life to get to what's next for you, you will, you will always have opposition, right, from people that don't want you to achieve it or the, just the world out there, that it's system. But did you know people you love the most many times will try to hold you back? They don't try to hold you back because they don't love you. They try to hold you back unconsciously because they don't want to lose you. Oh, you're too fancy for our family. Oh, your car is too nice to be in our driveway. Did you park it down the street? Or, oh, you got that big job now. Can you come to Christmas, celebrate Christmas with us? What, what, they don't mean it like it sounds. It's just they are scared that they're going to lose you because they got a pattern of living and they want it to stay the same. 
So in our lives, if we want to have leverage to break through, because breakthrough is important, through is important, right? And if we want to have leverage to break through spirit, soul, and body, what do we have to do, guys? We got to look at the current patterns we have and say, what ones do I need to take down now? What sacred cow in my life, my health routine, my spending routine, my strategy for business and ministry and career routine, my relationship routine, what must I do? What patterns that I have conformed to? Because we all live in patterns. You will live in a pattern. Some of you, you've been in a work pattern trying to retire, and you're working, and you've got to add five more years, right? Because your adult son needed something, and you had to bail him out of bankruptcy or something. I don't know what happened to you. But, but things happen in life, right? Something breaks, and you've got to add two more years of work just to get retired. We're working to get to a place that doesn't exist. It's been proven in men that retire usually only live a few years after that, even though they're healthy. Why? Because they have nothing they're going for, man. You're a, you're a gatherer. You're a hunter. You're not created just to sit around, right? And you lose your energy and your momentum. So it, it creates an unhealthy pattern that you broke when you were a young adult or a kid. And now we're working our whole life, six, seven days a week, to go back to an unhealthy pattern. But isn't that the way the world teaches us, Right? So if I want to get leverage in my life to be healthier, to be stronger, to be more anointed, to win more people to Christ, to to be able to give more finances to widows and broken people. Here's a vision I have in my heart. I would love, because my mom, my dad died when I was three months old, so I was raised basically by a single mom. I had a stepdad for a couple years. He was killed in a mining accident. So basically like a single mom raised me. You know what I'd love to do? I remember we moved so many times that by the time we get a place painted and clean, mom find a little bit better place for five more dollars a month, and here we moved again. And we spent more on fixing it up than we would have saved in two years. But it was just, she had this mentality, we're going to what's next. Thank God she did. It got us where we need to be. But, oh, why did I say that? Oh, oh yeah, because what happened was with her... Oh, this is funny. I used to tell mom, if y'all know Miss Ruby, you've been here a long time. She was the love of my life like my baby is, my wife, man. She's the love of my life. But my mama, Steph came before her because that's the way it was, right, baby? But, man, we all loved her. Even Steph said, man, I wish everybody could have a mother-in-law like Miss Ruby. She's amazing. And, 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 but, but you know what? I used to tease mom. Now, mom, you, there's no use you dating. She said, well, honey, I don't want to date anyway. I said, because everybody in town already knows you've outlived two guys. Who wants to marry you? They're the next one. You know, I just mess with her a little bit. She just, oh, son, you know, laugh at me. <laughs> but but she, she was constantly going through her life and breaking those patterns. Before I told that joke, I had a reason I was going to you there. Huh? Yeah, orphans and widows. Thank you, Joe. Prince. See, Joe knew, baby. But anyway, Joe, you get to know me pretty good, bro. So, so I always had on my heart to have a dream to build a neighborhood for single moms, new homes, or renovated like brand new homes, and just have new homes and help them with their finances, teach them, train them, get investors to invest, build a neighborhood of new homes, and in two to three years, they can afford to put the home in their own name. Just something in my heart. Well, I can't do it where I'm at right now, right? It's not there. I can't do it. It's not there. 
But if I want to get leverage, right, to get what needs to be there to do that or get others to help me and we can together do that, then I got to change some patterns in my life. I'm comfortable in certain areas of my life, but because of vision, it challenges you to even break good patterns. So you got a lot of good patterns that sometimes you just need to break to get better patterns. Does anybody hear me on that? So we got to get level. We got to get leverage. How we get leverage? We get breaking patterns. So conforming to this world is easy. So we don't want to conform. We want to grow. And breaking patterns and putting better patterns in place and healthier patterns is what growth is. Everybody say growth. So let me give you these three steps to create growth or to create leverage in your life. Right? Three steps, and I'll take ten minutes here, and we'll pray. Fifteen at the most. Amen. Probably. So. Three steps to create growth, right, in your life. In other words, to create new patterns and transformation. So what is leverage one? Leverage one is linking your mind and your emotions and your nervous system to two opposing forces. Linking your mind and your nervous system and your emotions to two opposing forces. You say, ah, that just sounds worldly. See, that's why you think the way you do and get what you get. But anyway, I love you. So, so, so. It works in the Bible, right? Two opposing forces. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, what must I do, do to be saved? Oh, you just need to be born again. He's like, I'm an old rabbi. My mom's been dead for years. Do you, am I going to, an old man, go up in the womb of a dead woman and be reborn? Two opposing forces. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Spirit, but flesh and blood. So we live in all these different things. We've got to think on different levels for different things. And so to get leverage, we got to get our mind, our body, our emotions bought in and get certainty in certain areas. That's why you get certainty in your salvation through what the Word says and through experiencing the Word. Certainty in growing spiritually and, and growing in faith and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But here's two ways that you can link your mind your energy, your focus. You know, it's one thing if you're just sitting there going, oh, that's a pretty good word. But if you're sitting there going, okay, yeah, oh, I need that because you're linking with me different somebody like, oh, God, 15 more minutes. Uh, oh, good. So, so, so who's getting more, right? So here's the thing. Here's how you get your first leverage to work for you. Number one, you got to uh, associate not changing. If I don't change, you got to put massive pain with it. If I don't change, for instance, if I say, okay, I got to get healthy, so I got to go by November 1st. I still got 12, 15, I got 17 more pounds to go, but that's better than 30 pounds to go of what I told you I was committing to for, for, for November 1st. So I, I got to get it, really get going here this month. I've been on it, but I get going better. Why? Because I set a goal. I'm trying to change a pattern in my life because I want to be doing this 30 more years, preaching the gospel and having fun. I'm going to live longer than that, but I want to have big, better energy. I know more now than I did 20 years ago, right? So why not be healthy to do it? Okay, so, so what we can do is say, if I don't change my eating habits, my exercising habits, if I don't change my patterns, where will I be in a year? And then we pray and think about that, meditate on it, pray about it, put it before God. Then, then I challenge you to say, well, what if I don't change in five years? What will I be? How will that arthritis be, right? How, how will my knees be carrying extra weight? How, how will I be able to handle my kids or my grandkids or how, whatever, right? Now, now go out 15 years. 
And look at some people that you see that one time you knew were really strong and healthy, and now they're brittle and frail. So, so what am I saying? So what am I doing? I'm associating, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? Don't we do that with salvation? Yeah. If you're not born again and you die, where do you go? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where? Yeah. I mean, this, is, this, is, this church believes in hell. Where do you go? You're not born again? Yeah. Hell. So, so what happens? What's that? That's a, but if you're born again, you go to Huh. Kind of unbearable, massive pain, but great, enjoyable pleasure. You got two different things there. The power is bringing them together. Let's avoid hell, but let's have the best light ever and not only get to heaven, but take some people that were going to hell with us. Amen? What is, that's getting leverage. So if you want to get leverage, you, you do the three things I talked about. Faith in the Word. Faith in God, Right? And then what? Faith in the words spoken over your life, the prophetic words. Let me give you the second one really quick because I, I could stay there a while. Let me give you this on leverage means what? We can exert a little effort, right? A little effort while we're trying to create massive change. So change is not an ability. It's not a matter of ability. It's always a matter of momentum. Matter of momentum. So momentum is what? Motion and energy. But human momentum is forward motion and energy. So when I move forward as a human, that's human energy, emotion, power. Somebody fired up. Somebody ready to take them out. And Chris, somebody ready to do what they got to do because God said so. Bless God. How many times you felt like, I'm going to do this because God said so. But maybe you didn't have the word strong enough. Faith in the word to give you the foundation when the trouble, you had faith in God, but all hell broke loose. And now you, you didn't have that word to help back up that Guess what? When you take a step of faith and do big things, you got a target on your back. Anybody know that? The devil don't like that, right? I see it here all the time. People come in and get fired up, and they start growing. They start sitting closer to the front. They start being involved, and everything's great. And then all hell breaks loose in their life, and they say, my God, I just joined that church, and I'm all fired up. And, Lord, I've been, I've been going through hell for three months. It's easier before I was in that church. Duh. God's allowing a little bit of pain to come in your life so you don't stay the same. He's allowing some pain in your life. No pain, no. Pain. Well, we know that, don't we? Yeah. Woo. But we're going to utopia. We're going to get to a place where there's nothing again. You know? <laughs> you're so far, you're stuck. But anyway, so, so if I want this human, God gave me, made me a human, made me, uh, he gave me this body, this flesh, blood, and bones. I got to get that in line with my soul, mind, will, and emotions right? And then I put my spirit in it. Guess what? Then I got momentum. So <clears throat> I don't have time, but if I had five of you men to come and try to pick this brick, this stack of brick up, you couldn't do it. That's right. <clears throat> we tried it before when I did this and they couldn't. And there's more on it now than there was then. But if you get the right leverage, one great philosopher said, if I had a large enough crowbar, I could move the world. Once you get leverage, there's nothing you can't do. So I can take this, and, and I can just like, man, let's start, you know, with one hand, and I'm just like, man, yeah, look at that. Ooh, boy. Man, that's not too easy, though. Look, uh, uh, y'all had it set where I could do it with two fingers last time. Y'all just tested the preacher out. We'll see if he's been working out or not. But, you know, isn't that a lot easier than, than me trying to pick that up? And I couldn't pick it up and carry it. What? I don't have the leverage. So if you want to do anything in your life that's worth changing, your health 
you got to hit it hard, right? Teresa's, she's, that's what she does. you got to hit it hard. Massive action. Quick. Bam. Hit it hard. If you want to do that with your spirit, you got to get into words. you got to get in. you got to be part of groups. you got to be part of things that's growing you spiritually, right? If you want to start a business, you got to dive in and learn about that business. Get a strategy. Get a story. Get in the right state. Get moving. Get the relationships, the connections. But it's not going to happen if you just keep doing what you're doing. I think I'd like to do that. Well, honey, let's look into that. You'll just keep looking, right? So we got to get leverage. How? We get leverage through, through unbearable levels of pain that you begin to think about what's going to happen if I don't do it. And then immediate extraordinary levels of pleasure when you see yourself doing it. So we talked about that here in the theta part of your brain. The dreaming state, your body doesn't even know if you're dreaming or not unless you tell it, and your brain doesn't. But once you start seeing the unseen and dreaming, it can become real to you. Anybody ever had a dream and you woke up and like, shoot, I thought that's real. <laughs> Anybody ever had a dream and you're like, oh, thank God that wasn't real, right? <laughs> Amen, I'm morbid, right? But it seemed real. That was your theta. Faith. It's seen into the unseen realm to the point you are imagining it to where it, you can feel it. You can taste it. You can see it. Everybody say leverage. leverage. Let me go on because I could, I could stay there a long time. So here's step two. If I want to have the leverage to, to, for this next 90 days to do what God called me to do, and that's I got to interrupt those limiting powers, those limiting patterns. I got to interrupt those limiting or dispowering disempowering patterns, those old patterns of thinking. Those We talked about that a little earlier. We won't spend much time on it. But I got to begin to rewire. The, that's what the Word of God says, to renew your mind. What are you doing? You're, you're taking the Word of God and putting new thoughts, new patterns. That's why it's important to get up and do. We talked about it when Bill Watt was here before the first year, and we talked about it since the first year about doing Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14. How many have been doing that every morning, speaking it and praying it? Have you seen any difference in your life? So as we do that, what do we do? We begin to vision and see that God wants us blessed and not cursed, and we begin to feel blessed, and we begin to think blessed, and we begin to believe we're blessed. You say, yeah, but that's just fake. Because you're disempowered in an old pattern because that's what television tells you to think. That's what unbelievers or very minimal believers tell you to think. That's what people with experiences that didn't work tell you to think, but they keep living the same experience. So you got to make it sense. So here, here's, here's what you got to do. So in that, to break that pattern, we got to look at the gaps in our life and say, okay, what do I got to get this word, faith in the word? Guys, you got to have faith in the word. That's what's going to get you through. You got to know the word, know the word, know the truth, and the truth of what? Set you free. And so we got to know the word. You can always, every day, you got to put some word in you. Listen, read. And then, and then on that, whatever, then you begin to envision and see what that word says and see yourself living debt-free. See yourself living, giving to the widows and building things for people that are broken and hurt and helping people get free of addiction and building places for wives that are addicted to crack that they can get free and even have their kids live with them while they get restored as they get healthy. Just start to dream big, man. Dream big or go home, right? Dream big. And you start feeling it, man. What if you got 30% of what you dreamed? But if you never dream, it's just an idea or a thought. So we got to interrupt those old patterns. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, 
but the end of that way is death. And the word death in the Greek really talks about separating from God forever. So if we want to break a disempowering pattern, a limiting pattern, first we've got to identify the old one. You've got to, look, you've got to be real with yourself. A lot of times, you know, I'm just a little round or I'm just a little big bones. Bones don't gain weight. Right? I'm big bone. No, no, I want to get more bones so I can be healthy, right? My bones don't gain weight. It's all that good stuff that I'm doing, well, not so good stuff that I'm doing, and especially late at night. And I got to, every time I'll, I'll, you know, maybe lose three or four pounds, then I'll gain two or three, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to go back and go, wait a minute. That's a pattern. Oh, look, you get so far, and you regret slowly. It took us how many years to add the weight? 10, 20, 30 years. If you just took a pound a year, right? And, and we have, but see, and I don't care what your weight is, guys. Please don't believe. I don't care because I have no room to talk about anybody. But, but what I'm saying is I want you wherever you want to be, wherever you're healthy, if this is your standard. Because I want you to be physically where you believe you should be. I want you to be spiritually where you see you. Financially, everybody's different vision for finances in this room. So I want you to be where you ultimately believe God wants you to be for that. So we got to break these disempowering patterns, but you got to know what they are. You got to stop lying to yourself. You got to get real. Where are you really at? I mean, I'll look in the mirror at my hair. I go, I can push it up a little longer, but I don't have much time. I got to do something. I keep saying I'm going to do something, but I haven't done anything. So eventually it will happen if I don't do something, right? Maybe I'm a little vain, right? And I like my hair. I've teased Mark so many years, I got to do something. Because he is waiting for the day that he can ride me over that. But he looks good like that. Me, my little ugly round squatty head. Oh, Lord. I look like a, I look like a cue ball or something. I know what I look like. He's got a good look. So we got to destroy that pattern. We got to identify that negative pattern or the pattern at status quo. And we got to destroy it, right? And then we got to create a new one. Let me give you the final one before I, before I do. The third one is... Once you destroy that old pattern, you got to create a new empowering pattern. So you got to change your thought life. Focus on what the Word says about you. Focus on what the Holy Spirit's speaking in your spirit, right? Focus. That's why you fast not to trick God. You fast to get your flesh and blood to shut up and your mind to shut up so you can hear the voice of God in your life, right? So you want to have faith in His Word, faith in God, faith in those prophecies that's been spoken over your life. Put all that together and reestablish and recalibrate what empowering thoughts you need to think. The Bible says as a man thinks, so is he. So if you don't think what you think is either, if, if you feel emotions are physical energy, they're physical. So if, if you see somebody depressed, how they look, oh man, they're not fast. Or you see somebody upbeat, excited, or running around like Mark, like, like, like Pastor Dick said, I want to find out what that guy's on. I want some of it. I hope it's legal, but I still want some of it, right? <laughs> and, and, and I mean, but Mark has been working for four years on that. Right. And he lives it in the office, too. He lives it everywhere. Katie said, oh, God, he lives it. He's killing me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. Yeah. At least to me, she may have said that to you. <laughs> Maybe that's prof- No, I'm just kidding. It's pathetic, not prophetic. Okay. So sometimes you say pathetic things, not prophetic things. And then, so what do you got? You create an alternative pattern. We see that in Romans 12 too. Then in Hebrews 4, 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between the asunder soul and spirit. The only thing that really can divide your spirit and your soul is the word of God. So you know 
when you're discerning correctly, between joint and marrow, it exposes what? Our innermost what? Thoughts and desires. Those innermost thoughts and desires, guys, you got to really watch because that's what's going to determine what you're feeling. That's going to determine what you're thinking. So as we get ready to pray, I want to talk to you about two kinds of motivation, and we're going to pray. A couple minutes here. There's push motivation, and there's pull motivation. Push motivation is when we try to do it by our will. I'm tough. I'm going to man up. I'm going to woman up. I'm just going to do it, and we do it, and we do it for a day, a week, a month, maybe a year or two, and then the will loses. Guys, if our will was this great, Adam and Eve would have never blew it. You're not going to do it by your will alone. That, that's push motivation. I'm going to make myself do it. I have to do it. I've looked at these patterns. i got to break it. i got the willpower. I've made my mind up. I'm going to do it. But it, don't all, it doesn't usually work. Not long term. But pull motivation is when I take the right levers and say, for me, I keep using the physical thing because that's one of mine. And, and I look at it and like, hey, I married a younger wife. Right? I don't want to be in heaven and some other dudes enjoying my wife and my grandkids someday. I don't want some other dude's truck in my driveway, bless God. Is that right, y'all? Come on. I want to live. And if I'm going to live, I want to enjoy myself, right? Right? So, 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 so you got to look at what's that pull motivation? So, so the other thing is, I'm just starting, I've been preaching, this is my 30th year preaching the gospel. 25th year, married to my lovely wife. So we do okay, right? But, but here's the thing. A lot of people said that church won't make it a month. It, won't make, it definitely won't make it a year. Then it, it won't make it five years. But I haven't heard them in a while, so I don't know. So this is our 20th year, Paul. So they kind of, you know. So, but God gave me a word two years ago, didn't he, Miss Gwen, when I was 55. And I know I don't look a fledgling 57, right? I look, but, but I am. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not kidding. So, oh, I don't have that to do that. I can't flip that. Maybe I could pull it like my mama used to. But, but see, see, I got that word from God two years ago that the next 30 years are going to be the greatest ministry impact that you've ever experienced. And I think, man, my life's been pretty good ministry-wise, but God gave me one condition. You got to take care of your health. At that time, I was probably 30 pounds heavier than I am now, at least. And, and so I'm not there. It's a process, but I tried it with willpower. That doesn't work. But when I start looking at who's in my driveway and who's going to be taking care of my grandkids someday, and I start looking at am I going to be strong and, in, and healthy enough to preach the gospel, to have vision, to go do work and do ministry and travel, whatever I got to do to build someday that single mom's neighborhood. If I'm going to do some of that stuff, you're not going to do it if you don't have any energy, yeah. right? Yeah. So what am I doing now? What am I doing now? I'm getting away from the push to it's pulling me. Oh, if I do that, I don't like getting up every morning doing two miles of cardio. I don't, but now I'm getting where I like it. But I do that two miles every morning of cardio. I mean, even today I did a mile. I try not to do two on Sundays, but I did a mile today. But every other day I'm doing It's rare that I miss a day. And, and the reason is it pulls me because I have more energy. I have clearer thought. 
I have. And what it, it, it's pulling me. It's calling me. It's pulling me. Now, it didn't because Stephanie was the one pushing me. You said you were going to. You put those tennis shoes where you said you was going to. Because she don't want this old dude dying on her, Tony. My God, she's got a lot of, she took a long time to train me up the way I should be, right? She's the net. She's got to have that head. She's trained. She don't want to start over with a new bird dog, right? She wants to get the benefit of this thing, right? My God, she's training for 25 years, counting dating and engagement, 29 years. She's like, I don't want to start over. Tweak it a little, right? There you go, Sherry. Just tweak it a little. And so, yeah, just like, okay. But anyway, so, so what are you saying? You got to get that pull motivation. Pull motivation. Same with your finances. Do you want to always be stressed that the month is never long enough for your pay? <laughs> The week is never long enough for your pet. Do you want to stress over that? No. I mean, we know those say what you tolerate, you never change, right? And it's so true. What, what is it saying? That's a pattern we have. So we have a pattern with our finances. We have a pattern with our relationship with God. We have a pattern with our health. We have a pattern with our family. So I want to ask you, we're getting ready to pray right now. I want you to just close your eyes right now and say, what pattern do I have to break? Some of you, you've never come to Christ. And you say, man... Far away from Christ. If I die today, I don't know if I go to heaven. Or maybe you know you wouldn't go to heaven. Maybe you found yourself so far from Christ, man, that you're like, man, if I take my last breath today, when I'm absent from my body, it won't be the Lord Savior I'm with. It'll be that other God. Because the Bible says you'll be present with your Lord. <laughs> so, so where are you today, man? Sir, maybe if you keep on the same track, you won't have a marriage in a year or five years. You know some of those things you're thinking about now. If you keep thinking about them, you'll be doing them. Ma'am, the same for you. you. You keep treating him like that, somebody else will treat him better. I'm just telling you. you. You think you're wearing him down and keeping him in his place. You might find out he's in another place someday. Same for you guys. You got her over here and you're going to keep her there. Well, you, you don't have authority to keep anybody anywhere. You got to realize there's patterns in this world and that there's a, a devil seeking, roaming about whom he may devour. And he's going to and fro whom he may devour. And he's out for you. He's out for your kids. He's out for your parents. He's out for your friends. He's out for your health. And he's definitely out for your walk with God. So first of all, let's settle that. If you're far away from God, if you backslid or if you've never known God on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you just where you're at. Everybody bow your heads right now. I want to pray for those first. One, two, three. Just wave at me. Say, I'm far away. Thank you. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Who else? Who else? Those two brave individuals. I don't want to miss anybody. Now get those two. Let's give God a shout for the two adults that's going to do their last one. So, so how about those two are going to they're going to come home today. Amen. Isn't that exciting? Good. Now, how about you? Bow your head again. How are you spiritually? Are you kind of hot, cold, or lukewarm? Because the Bible says something in Revelation about that, right? He'd rather you be hot or cold. Lukewarm, he'd spew you out of his mouth. Where are you at with God? Anybody in here need to turn that temperature of your relationship with God up? Just wave at me. Just wave at me. Wave at me. That's a bunch of us, right? I, I was even talking to myself this morning about that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay, how, how about this? How, how many of you in here say, man, uh, I, I, need, I need to turn it up and be more focused on my finances and get myself financially set for me and my children, my children. If that's you, raise your hand up there. Yeah. How many in here, that's bunches of us. How many in here say, man, my health, I want to live stronger, healthier, longer. If that's you, just wave at me. Just wave. 
That's all of us. Amen. We're all 98% of us. So, so, so you know what? The only thing stopping you is a pattern in your life. Because the Bible said all things are possible to them who believe. So you, the go is a belief is anything I have a strong feeling that it's certain to me. So if you believe God can heal you or not heal you, then you may not get healed. But he, he was asked one time in Mark 8 by the leper if his will to heal, and he healed. So it's his will to heal, and it's by his stripes you were healed, the Bible says. But if, if you don't change that belief of certainty that God is a healer and wants me healed, then you may not get it. If you're, if you're not believing that place that, well, my mom was broke, my dad was broke, our cat was broke, our dog was broke, my cousins are broke, my friends are broke, I guess I'll just be broke, right? Then you'll be broke. But if you want to break that financial pattern, you got to do it. Or maybe there's this sin that so easily besets you and it's holding you back and it's got you, it's just got you an addiction, it's just got control of your life. And maybe it's not sin for some other people, but for you it is. And you just know, man, this thing's got me. I, I got to break this. And you know how you do it? You break the pattern. You don't just do it by willpower. You've been trying it with willpower, but you, you just need to do the pull method. Look at all the things it's going to bring you if you do. 